Game Changers. <clears throat> Welcome to episode 23 of Purpose Potential Podcast. I told you guys we were coming back with a vengeance, and today I have another amazing guest. Brie Delicia. She is a networking coach, one of my dear friends. And you guys, I have known her since I was 11 years old, back to my patchwork gene days. So we have been through it all together. I have watched her blossom into an amazing professional and just go crazy places um, around the world, which I'm excited that we'll get into today. She is a networking coach these days. She specializes in connecting people to people and resources. Her goal is really to teach you how to create and utilize your network so that you can meet your business and lifestyle goals. Now, she has both corporate and entrepreneurial experience, and one of the most important factors that consistently comes into play no matter what she's doing is her network. So you guys may have heard the phrase, it's not what you know, but who you know. But no one ever shows us how to know more people, and that's where Brie comes into play. So what God has instilled in her is really bigger than her, and she says that it translates through her work of helping other people to create quality connections. So Brie is going to talk to us today about how to build a network that works for you. Brie, you ready? Hello. Yes, I love it. That was a great introduction. <laughs> yes, this is you. I know like when great people actually hear their accolades um, read back to them. They're like, hold on, wait, that's me. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> that's you. So, I mean, let's kick it all the way back to middle school real quick. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, we have an opportunity to come <laughs> here. So we are both from Chicago. Well, no, I'm from no. Chicago. You're, you're not from Chicago. I am from the Bay Area. Area. I'm from Northern California. I moved to Chicago when I was in third grade. Oh. And then I moved back to California after college. So I'm a little bit of half and half at this point. I have uh, half my life spent on the West Coast and then half of my life spent in Chicago. Do you have a preference? <sighs> and I do, but not a firm one. It depends on what we're talking about. So weather, California, hands down. Um, <laughs> food, Chicago. Okay. So <laughs> it just depends. They probably ain't eating too much in California because you, know, you you ain't wearing too many clothes. You can't cover cover up them bodies, so we got to keep exactly. <laughs> so you found your way back to Chicago. We ended up in school together. Talk to us about what Bree was like in high school and in middle school. Yeah, so I was someone who always was active in an organization, uh, meeting new people, making friends, and being a creative. Those were, those were the core parts of me. And it's so funny to talk about this with you now because having figured out where I want to be and the work that I want to be, like this has all played a role. Because it's like, okay, what were you doing when you were in third grade or when you were in seventh grade or when you were in high school? Right. And why were you doing that? Because um, those are usually the times when you're doing what makes you happy, not what society is telling you you need to do. Mm -hmm. So um, I was a dancer. I was on a dance team. Yes. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was a part of different culture clubs um, and then also a writer and a photographer. Yes. So I was, you know, but and you know what also was just so random. I also really loved accounting in high school. So numbers. So I'm, that's also a big part of me too. Like I'm very 
much half logic and half creative and half emotional. So those things, um, it's important to me when I'm working on things to have that balance um, of business and creative. So moving into college, what did you study? I went, so um, for college, I went to the University of Chicago. That's not true. I'm looking at the hospital out my window, which is so funny. That is um, <laughs> so for college, I went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I studied gender and women's studies there. I picked that major because it resonated with me in every single way possible. I loved the content that we were learning about. I loved that it was writing-based, so it allowed me to really get into my writing techniques and also the work that I was thinking about doing at the time worked well with that major. So um, it started off as my minor and as the year passed after I declared the minor, I was like, you know, this is really a better fit as my major. Mm -hmm. So I declared it as my major. Um, college was just like high school in terms of activity. I was very, very active <laughs> in a lot of organizations. Um, I was meeting people, making connections, yeah. uh, running campus in as many ways as I could. Um, and again, from the business side and the creative side. So I was president of a mentoring program that helped incoming freshmen of color uh, get acclimated with the campus. And then I was also in charge of all of the fashion shows on campus. <laughs> so, <Bruce>. yes. <laughs> and, um, also, I founded a competitive modeling troupe while at school. I have to shout them out. This is our 10-year anniversary this year. Actually, yes. this month makes our 10 years. So um, college was a good time, and I was able to really make some lasting connections that helped me through my transition into adulthood and still serve me now. Wow. Okay, so... Clearly, you were a master networker before you even put a title on it. So, are you an extrovert or introvert? I, that is such a good question. And I currently do not know the answer. <laughs> I feel like I'm an ambivert. So, for yeah. so long, I would call myself an antisocial extrovert till I realized that I'm actually, I believe, an introvert with extroverted qualities. Because yes. I realized that I really do enjoy my quiet space time to read, to do whatever. Like, I'll choose the book over the party any day. But for so long, I just didn't even have the language for, for who I was. But I even bring that up because I wonder, when it comes to success at networking, do you believe that only a certain type of person can be successful at networking? Absolutely not. I don't think so. I think as long as you're intentional about what you're doing, um, and being genuine at the same time, you can definitely have a successful network. I think to your point, the way I understand introvert and extrovert too is how you recharge. So I would probably be amb ambivert too, based on what you just said, because extroverts recharge being around people and being uh -huh. in groups. And I can't recharge like that. Like I have to go off and be by myself to recharge. So that would make me more of an introvert, but I love people. I've always loved people um I think about I was thinking about this the other day when I was going away to college actually I had a packing party like who does that I had all these people all my friends in my bedroom helping me pack my clothes wow. to go away to college my mom was like what are you guys doing and I'm, like, oh, I'm having a little packing party but I always <laughs> had 
friends in the house and um, friends around me and just like big events like that. But I, but I also always had to take time by myself. Wow. So one thing you mentioned was that some of the connections that you made in college still serve you today. Tell us about one distinct time in your life where a connection helped to accelerate you to another level. So I have one friend that I met in college. His name is Jeff Osuji. To this day, he is my best friend. And when I met him in undergrad, he taught me a lot about social event planning. And actually, he calls himself a connector as well. So he taught me a lot about networking and connecting and how that was important. So he actually gave me the words to what it was that I was doing already. Mm -hmm. And he helped me to understand how to level up in doing that. And he's really, Jeff is really the epitome of what a strong person in your network looks like because from 2006 to 2020, he has and still will run through walls for me. Um, When I moved to LA, he put me in contact with every single person that he knew in the city that could be helpful to me and that I could be, that I could potentially work for and be helpful to them. And um, when I moved back to Chicago in 2016, he asked me what kind of work I was looking for and was instrumental in me becoming an editor for a health publication um, through his recommendation. And literally the CEO, yeah, I had no experience, (laughs) none. And the CEO was like, if you vouch for this girl, I'll bring her in and interview her. Ooh, can so, we can we can we pause right there? Because yeah. <laughs> that's a whole gem that I don't want people to overlook. That the right person speaking that you are the go-to and the undeniable choice mm-hmm. that will walk you into a door quicker than a resume wheel. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think that's important. That's that is really important. And that's a lot of my experience now and my projects now has been referral based. I mean, I, I can't express to you how I did not have any experience. <laughs> my resume said the last job on my resume when applying for this executive editor position was store manager. <laughs> like I was not in the writing field. I had copywriting experience uh, in fashion from when I was in LA. I had some marketing experience, but I did, I was not, at the executive level and I was brought in for an executive position. So definitely that is the power of the connection. I want to say something else to that too. To your point, when you're talking about networking, it's important for you to have these people in your network and we'll talk about how you how you develop that and all of that. But it's also important for you to be consistent and for you to be the person that they are okay with referring. Mm -hmm. So if you're not in order then it's not going to work out. out. (laughs) Yeah, you got to forget about it. And that's something that has always been really important to me too, because I know that at the end of the day, all I have is my name. And if I can't maintain that and keep that the way that I want it to be presented to other people, then it's not going to work out. So y'all hear that game changes the power of a personal brand. Yes. Personal brand. You to level up your network. You got from the outside, the perception of you has to be that you are somebody that will hold it down, that's credible, that's going to get the job done. They have to trust that if they put their name 
on your side that you're not gonna devalue their name through poor performance and follow so I want you to tell us about some more of these opportunities, but I, I want to pick out another piece of that Jeff story because you basically said that for more than a decade, he's been holding you down in the different transitions of your life. And so he's been a really, really consistent person. And so um, one of the things you mentioned about networking is that it's more about what you can do for others versus what you can do for yourself. So uh, what benefits do people have to look forward to by being the person that puts someone else on? That's a good question. Okay, so I kind of want to get into a point um, about the kinds of people that you should network, and it'll, it'll answer this a little bit. So when you network with people, you want to network up and you want to network down. And when you're networking up, you're putting people in your circle who have access to places, people, resources that you may not have access to. When you network down, that would be your mentoring space. You're creating a network of people who will be loyal to you because of what you did for them. And so in this case, just age and experience wise, when I met Jeff in 20, uh, 2006, he was older than me. Um, I think he's two or three years, uh, two or three grades ahead of me. So we met from a mentoring perspective. And he still very much serves as a mentor for me. So by, by Jeff networking down and mentoring me through those transitions, he has somebody that he can come to who has grown over these 14 years into the person that you are listening to now who will be loyal to him no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, Jeff just recently started a business and I'm working on that business. <laughs> so, uh, he, and he also still does events and I, Jeff can call me 24, seven, 365, whatever he asks, the answer is yes. Yeah. And that's why you want to make sure you have those people. And I think that's important also in this day and age, because with us offering different services and looking for many ways to, to make money, we think of it as, why should I do this for free when I could get paid for it? And I like to challenge people to think of it as an investment, mm -hmm. a long-term investment. So you may be doing some things for free right now that really cost you nothing in our little time because you're using your gifts to do them. But in the long run, you have opportunity for bigger and better projects and can yeah. we talk about that a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I definitely do agree I do think that when evaluating opportunities you should not just evaluate them on a monetary basis but how does someone determine if it's the right <laughs> person to invest in so the way that I look at this to see who is the right person to invest in and who is not is by one, knowing who you're dealing with. Um, I would not go up to someone on the street right now and say, hey, these are the things I do and usually charge people. I'm gonna do it for free because you walked past me on 53rd. Like, no, you have to do your research. You have to see what their track record is like. Are they, is this somebody that you would want to be recommended by? Is it someone you would recommend? If this is someone who you can see yourself partnering with long-term, then the short-term, 
solution of helping them with whatever, the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. If it's not a long-term partnership, the answer is no for free. But I have these services that I can offer you mm -hmm. at whatever rate. And it's also important to think about what you're working on and what your goals are. With networking, you don't want to get into a quantity situation. It's not about having many people or a million people in your network. It's about having the right people in your network. Mm -hmm. So if this person is going to fit into a category, a space for you, then I think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's huge. Um, just the idea of even identifying how this is connecting to another opportunity that you're working on. And not that you're an opportunist, but making sure that there's some synergy so that when you're thinking about prioritizing your time and investment, that it is actually working out for you and not just kind of sitting on the side. Like I did this, but I don't have any thought about how this is connecting to my right. grander <laughs> grander scheme so um the the infamous networking event right so yes. you walk in the room there's a hundred people how are you approaching that situation to quote unquote network <laughs> because one thing that i think we have all been guilty of is going to networking events and socializing you're mm -hmm. not networking really if you're just talking to your friends now there may be some some points where you're running into people who you're acquainted with and you guys are catching up on conversation to potentially you know do something um of substance in the future but if you and your friend just over on the side chit-chatting that is not networking so what is networking and what is networking not yes so i have to admit i've been on both sides of this fence with the networking event i've been the person to go and stand in the corner and just watch everybody. And I've been the person to go and really hit the ground running and come out with some business cards. Mm -hmm. When I've been most successful at networking events, I've had a plan, I've had speaking points, and I've had goals for myself. How many people do you want to connect with? How many cards do you want to walk away with? And the goals are usually low because, again, you want that quality over quantity. So you might talk to 10 people but really only walk away with one or two strong connections and then those you can vet out through various processes later which we'll get into that too um but unpopular opinion i don't think networking events are the best place to build your network and <laughs> ah, you guys can't see asia but yes the shock the shock um <laughs> Because of so many factors that go into networking events, first of all, you have to think about the kind of person that you are. And the reality is a lot of people get anxiety from meeting new people and being put in situations like that where they are going to be talking to strangers about God knows what. Like, what do we talk about? Mm -hmm. If I come up to you in a room full of people, what are we going to talk about now? And that, just that thought alone gives people anxiety. Mm -hmm. So you can eat, I mean, knowing what your barriers are in these situations, of course, are going to help you to be successful in them. But if you can make a genuine connection in a more intimate setting, mm -hmm. I think that's more comfortable for everybody. So it's not, so I, I do go to networking events occasionally, but it's not my favorite mm -hmm. place to meet people. And when I think about, the strongest connections I have 
again, it was, it's the people that I've helped. It's um, people who have mentored me, people who have helped me. I, I think about and that, that analogy of running through a brick wall, like that really, that's my thing. Because when I think about my strong connections, my network of strong connections, those are all the people who will run through brick walls consistently. There's no question about it. Um, when you I was said in a LA, strong network is built on real relationships. Real relationships. <laughs> and I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give you an example, another example. So when I was in LA, um, there is a publicist there. Her name is Lynn Allen Jeter. She's a, a well-known publicist, works with a lot of different celebrities. And I wanted to learn about PR and just get more into the industry and just get an understanding. And Lynn was known to mentor and have interns and working in her office. Now, I'm 23. And I'm like, mm, I'm a little old to be interning. <laughs> but really, I wasn't. And I wanted the information. So I was told how to approach Lynn. And the way that I was coached on approaching Lynn is the way that I approach everyone now because it's, it was just golden advice, which is you call her, do not email, text, Hello. or otherwise. Call her office, ask to speak to her, and then ask to take her out to coffee because her office is next to a coffee bean. When you go for the coffee, this is what she drinks. Have it ready. Wow. I was, like, I was coached to the T. And so I went through these I'm steps. I wanted this pay for the coffee. Like, yes. don't come in there expecting something for nothing. You can afford yes. a $5 coffee for somebody that you're anticipating to help take you to another level. Yes. That, yes, exactly. So I called her, talked to her, let her know who I was, who uh, told me how to get in contact with her, who referred me. <laughs> and uh, she accepted my invitation to coffee. We went to that coffee bean that was around the corner from her office. I had the coffee available for her when she got there. And we talked about my story and her story. And I said that I wanted to help. How can I help? And that's the question that I tell people is the question that will 1000% gets you in the door every single time. How can I help you? And she told me how. And I started interning with her probably that next week. I was in there at least two or three times a week. So you got in there quick. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, she, again, she was like, if Israel recommends you, I trust that you can do the work. Come on in. And we did the work. And I started learning about all things PR. And also because she knew that I was interested in throwing events, she let me run her events while I was interning for her. Can and these I are... Interject right there, Bree. Yes, yes. I, I want to let you get your word out, but you're saying <laughs> so much key stuff that I just want to highlight before you keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, people at a high level move quickly. Don't approach somebody if you're not ready to play the game yet. If you're not ready to move forward, don't be calling nobody's office Hello. because. They're looking for some people. They're looking for qualities in people. They're trying to move things forward. They don't have time to be playing with you. So don't go to that meeting if you're not ready for what's on the other side of that yes. Yes, absolutely. And so absolutely. you was ready. You started the next week and it's not just like, oh, okay, we're easing into it. No, you out here three days. Can you work on this? Can you work on the event? Can you do this? And you 
you took the ball and you you took the alley oop. You <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're pulling all this out too. Because I'm telling the story like, yeah, this is how it happened. But you're right. Like these are points that that are very important that I even I'm I didn't think about. So yeah. So um, I worked with her for. I don't know how long I worked with her. Officially in the office, I was probably there a year, but unofficially, she could always call me. Again, she can always call me <laughs> because she mentor, because she networked down. She can always call me for anything. To this day, she still emails me uh, press releases and media releases and asks me who I can connect this person with or if I can cover this. So I still work with her. Conversely, I can call her as well. Mm-hmm through a brick wall. She, she, what can I do? How can I help you? What do you need? And, um, she knew at the time because I was learning about PR that I was interested in, you know, eventually having my own clients and she would really facilitate that. She was like, I have all these databases, take what you want. So I have databases. I mean, they're outdated now because I don't do PR anymore, but I have databases of every single publication um, by city. Wow. And then I also have different industries and just different key people. And I'm sure, like I said, some of them probably don't even work anymore. But the fact that I had full access to download whatever I wanted and then say, Lynn said, when I'm sending these emails, hello, you don't need to pay me because Lynn said whatever. And now they're doing for me who they don't know. Mm. Woo. That's a that that's a whole that's a whole mouthful. Um yes. how does reciprocity play into networking? Reciprocity plays into networking actually the way that we've been talking about it. So the law of reciprocity basically says, or the principle the principle of reciprocity basically says that people will do for others what has been done for them. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that's necessarily going to happen immediately. It's not going to show up the next day, but it will happen. Mm-hmm. And so, again, with you helping someone, they're going to be more likely to help you down the road. And that's also how the relationships are kind of maintained. It's not always you calling because you want something, because after a while, people are going to stop answering the phone. So, you want to make sure that you're contacting and that and you're you're doing them so this is kind of the maintenance the maintenance portion of it but you're doing that maintenance where you're contacting people whether it's through phone or email and just seeing how they're doing what they're working on um and finding creative creative touch points as well like maybe with asia for instance we know that she loves her big glasses and colorful fashion so if i see something and and asia is someone who's in my network and we haven't talked in a while then maybe i send her a picture like this made me think of you How's everything going? And she's going to love it because it's what she loves. And we're going to have a conversation from there. And it, and it might be a short conversation, but it puts me back in the forefront of her mind. And who knows? Two weeks later, she could say, oh, I'm doing this event. And Brie would be the perfect person. And she thought of me readily because I was just talking to her. And so by doing things like that, it's genuine, but it also keeps you in the forefront of people's minds and keeps your network fresh 
And so you're not only hitting people up when you need something. Exactly. Talking about what networking is not. I personally feel that's one thing that it's not. It's not one sided. And so, you know, I think in busy life, we can at times have the tendency to just connect with people when we need. But I don't think that's how to get the best out of people. As you mentioned, you know, just ever so often, occasionally. I mean, it ain't got to be every day. But so when somebody you know, when you hit up somebody and the last time they talked to you, they're not only remembering it as, oh, they were asking for something that time mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And I think also social media really makes it easy for us to figure out what people have going on if they're posting about it. And that makes finding touch points a lot easier too. One thing that I mentioned with Jeff, and I'm going to say it again with your network in general is as people grow, they're only getting better. Mm-hmm. So Things are changing, they're developing, they're building more, and so are you. So what I can offer you in 2010 is very different from what I can offer you in 2020. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm coming back to ask those questions about what are you working on now, how are things going, how can I help, that looks different. Mm -hmm. And in certain situations, Now, instead of a, I help you, you help me, I help you, you help me relationship, you can create a partnership because they may be building something, a business or otherwise that could use you long-term. And so now this relationship that you fostered from, for however long through your service, through your checking in and maintaining is now a lucrative partnership for you. You mentioned earlier in this interview that you didn't feel like networking events were the best place to do networking. Um, I want to ask you as well about your thoughts and opinions on business cards and if you feel that those are still effective for networking. If If I go to an event, a networking event, or even if it's not an event, if I'm just meeting somebody organically, how am I following up or following through on that for that person to eventually be a fruitful person in my database? So good question. (laughs) I say that after every question. Good question. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm going to have to say for business cards, it depends on the kind of person you are. So I've been to events where I've had business cards and I've been to events where I didn't have business cards in terms of taking in information. I have to be really organized in the way that I do that. If I'm going to be following up with people, which is the goal. Mm -hmm. So if I have a stack of cards for me, I like it because I can go through those cards. I can send those emails and then I can put the cards wherever I put them after I'm done. But There are times when people don't have cards and I put it in my phone. Mm -hmm. So when I have to put contacts in my phone, I have to really be mindful and and leave myself a note somewhere to go back and follow up with those people. Now, conversely, not conversely, but now to that point, if I can't remember to follow up with someone, Sometimes they're not that lasting connection mm-hmm. on the initial conversation. Um, I still follow up with everybody because, you know, 
things happen and sometimes people don't leave the best first impression but usually when you have a connection with somebody you have an immediate connection with somebody like you you feel it and even in those non-romantic scenarios like Mm -hmm. Like uh, networking events, you feel that connection. You vibed off of something. I was just telling a friend the other day, um, I had a lady. So I like to use exclamation points. (laughs) 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 Even in corporate settings, I use exclamation points. I had a lady at a Fortune 500 company email me, and she had some exclamation points in her email. And I got so excited. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to love her. And I sent her back some exclamation points. And we went to have this this video call and when i tell you we vibed like this lady was she's just everything and she sent me an email back too like i just thought we had a great conversation i was actually interviewing for a position this is actually a good story too i was interviewing for a position and she was so excited and she just said i thought this went really well and come full circle they ended up going with an internal candidate but she didn't call me right away to tell me that and so when she did finally follow up, she let me know what was happening. And she said, you know, we went with an internal candidate. But again, I just really loved our conversation. And she kind of rehashed some of the points that I brought up and said that I really wanted to implement those. So after I found out we went with the internal candidate, I went to my VP to see how we could still get you in here. And wow. we want to um, create a position for you where you can come on as a contract employee so we can just have you as a consultant. Are you serious? From exclamation points, girl. So what <laughs> So what I'm saying is, in all of that, you know, you will know. And so business card, no business card, you can make lasting connections. I mean, that's the long answer to your question. I do think they still hold some weight so people can remember, but people are going to remember you either way if you make that lasting impression. So a few I, know, I just dropped so much on you. I did. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we have to run that all the way back. Bruce. Yes. You know, yes. I'm, I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> so, well, you mentioned earlier the fact of, you know, you may talk to 10 people because I gave an example of what if there's like 100 people in the room and you're like, hey, talk to 10. But yes. then even if you're <clears throat> talking to 10, you said you may just walk away with one or two. But mm-hmm. sometimes conversations move fast. You said that you'll just go through your business cards and follow up with people. My first thing is like, how are you remembering who all of these people are um, from the point of the event to following up and then how much time is passing in between that time that you're meeting them and your follow-up so i write notes on business cards um i might depending on whatever stands out about you i might say you know woman in yellow shirt who talked about xyz but i do leave myself notes so i can so i can know who exactly who it is and i've been in situations where i didn't know and i'm like oh man but you just have to, I mean, sometimes also with, again, going back to social media, you can look up those faces with the names from the cards, go on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. so that can jog your memory as well. But definitely notes, 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 notes. Um, in terms of time passing by, so it depends on how much time you need. I mean, for me, I don't like the back to back to back to back. I do need to reset my mind and myself. And it is it's taxing, especially like in the conference setting when you're already in this big room and there's just so many people. So I give myself a moment to reset and again, checking with my goals. So 
why am I here? What do I want to take away from this place? Who are the kinds of people that I want to meet? And I think that allows you um, in a larger setting, whether it's an event or a conference setting, um, really, to evaluate your next steps. So if I'm here to do, if I'm here to meet this kind of person and the conference is segmented in a way where those kinds of people are in a certain area, I might put myself in that area first and then do some like really crazy networking with less breaks and then branch out into other spaces and, you know, just kind of be a little bit more um, lax with it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important in that same breath to make sure you hit all spots. So that's why I said go to the important area first, but that doesn't mean everyone you're looking for is going to be in that area. So make sure you hit the other areas as well. And that's the same with a room or a company. Mm -hmm. And okay. So we have that event and then, are you waiting 24 hours to email people, 48 hours? Is there a point where it's like, dang, it's a week later and I follow up with these people. It's not worth following up with them anymore? I prefer 24 hours just because I want people to remember me the same way I remember them. Now, I have dropped the ball on 24 hours and it has been like a week or two. And the way that I play that is I send the email and I say, I, I reference wherever I was or wherever I met them. It was so good meeting you there. I'm just getting back into the swing of things. It was crazy. Like I, I'm honest about what was going on. And I say, when are you available to connect? However else. Like I still, it's not worth losing the contact over your pride. Okay. So if you're late, you're late. Acknowledge you're late because they see that you're late. And keep it moving. And if that is something that has, you know, tarnished it on their end, fine, you lost one, but you also learned a lesson in the process. But I really feel like nine times out of 10, that won't be the case. Busy professionals are busy professionals. Everybody gets it. Yeah, everybody gets it. One thing I liked about what you said is I'm going to email them. I'm, of course, going to acknowledge the elephant in the room, but you said I'm also going to reference. you know, where we were or something, you know, that happens in our interaction so that that can even help jog their memory too. Because just as you, you know, need to remember who those people are that you connected with, they need to remember you. So if you reference something that may have happened in your interaction or conversation, then I think that helps as well. So going a little bit deeper into the follow-up. So there are some people that you reach out to and like how you say you vibe, you can immediately see a connection between how you guys can do something. And then it's like a, Hey, let's get together for a coffee day. Let's get together for a virtual meeting. But then there are some other people that you meet and they are good people, but you don't see an instant connection. How do you play that? Yes. I am so glad you asked this question. Because this is something I wanted to talk about, and I didn't know if we would get there. As, so I see myself as a connector. And I think the best way to explain that is back in the day, so some people might not get this reference, but back in the day, before there were cell phones, there were Rolodexes. And you could go, you'd have, uh, let me go, not even, I don't even want to say Rolodexes. I want to say phone books. So, let me go back. So back in the day, and I mean, I'm, we, I'm like all over. I'm excited now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, and we still have them now, but 
back in the day, we really, really relied on phone books. You can go to any category and find different contacts in the phone book and contact those people. That is the way that I, that I as a connector, view people. So I might meet someone and say, I can't help them right now. They can't help me right now. They're still a great person. I want to know them. I want to keep them in my phone book, in my, in my database. And as a connector, I'm always finding ways to connect people to people and resources. Mm -hmm. So I might be having a conversation with you and you say, I'm working on this project and I really need a dope photographer. I just, I can't find the right one. And I say, Asia, three weeks ago, I met a photographer, crazy images. He is perfect. And so I then go to that photographer and say, hey, such and such, it's been a while. I have someone who I think you need to meet. And they will meet you and you guys will connect and, and figure out from there if it's a fit or not. But I think it's important to have more people in your circle than you think will be, be of service to you. Do you still follow up with those people right away? And what is the content of this email? Like, I really want the game changers listening to know how to play their cards when they're mm -hmm. done with this episode. So we meet the people. We wrote the notes on the business cards. 24 hours, we're following up with them. What are we saying in this email? I think it's clear what we say in an email with somebody we want to connect to. What do you say to a person that it was good to meet, but you're not ready to connect to so that the conversation or the connect doesn't fall flat mm -hmm. in that email i say hi such and such it was great meeting you at whatever event i would love to stay connected with you please keep me up to date with all of your projects and endeavors um i think that you're doing some really great work and i want to see how i can how i can work with you in the future that for me keeps me keeps it open and me working with you in the future doesn't mean directly. It doesn't mean that I am going to be the person. It means that I'm going to be the connect yeah. for you to get whatever it is that you need done, done. That was and good. Thank you. I think I need <laughs> that too. <laughs> and so I was like, is that why you kept asking me? Like, I got to email somebody right now. <laughs> I need it. I think yeah. I always kind of didn't know what to do um, with the individuals that, um, that I didn't know. Now, one thing I would do and. I can segue right here if you are okay taking the conversation somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Building upon that, I want to talk about, you've talked a lot about just the old-fashioned way of networking, which I love. I want to talk a little <laughs> bit, bit about online networking. Yes, online networking. So social media is a tool that is very, very powerful. And I think that when used correctly, it is very effective in building connections and building businesses. Now, the thing about the old school techniques that we talk about are they're very high touch. And because people don't experience that now as much, they're still very effective because it's like, oh, you called me? Oh, you took me out for coffee? People don't do that. Because 
we live in such a fast paced society, people think that is, you know, I got to get this out and then I got to go on to the next thing. So what I like to do is utilize social media to create those initial connections and then take those connections offline. So <laughs> I'm kind of a hybrid and we can talk about both ways, but the way that looks for me is I might DM someone on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn and just let them know, Hey, I see what you're doing. I would like to know how I can be a part of this. How can I help you? Um, I would love to set up a call with you. If they're local and you know them, I'd love to have coffee. Um, if you do not, don't, don't stranger danger. So, you know, start with a call, <laughs> but, but if you feel comfortable, coffee is always great. And so that's the way I like to marry the two. And that's been a really comfortable setting for me. That's not to say though, people who want to live on social media can't live on social media because we've seen it done. Um, I just don't know if those strictly social media connections are those through a brick wall connections that I've talked to you about earlier. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's good. So one thing that I do regarding networking um, as social media is concerned is try to make sure that people that I'm interested in connecting with deeper, that I'm engaging with their post and with mm-hmm. what, what they're doing from a quality perspective, like not just a lot, you know, sometimes a comment or different things, like actually being in dialogue with them. Because if it is somebody that like you don't know, um, you know, and all you're doing is liking their stuff, I mean, that's not really going to speak to them. But if you're, you know, within reason responding to, you know, their stories or the quality comment or, you know, replying, encouraging, I think that that really kind of gives people attention one thing that I see that people do from a networking perspective um, online that just leads to them getting ignored is like when you reach out to somebody for something but you weren't even following them it just feels yeah <laughs> it feels like it's very like you were just picking me out of a can of anything and just sending me this this canned message it opportunistic it's and this. also, when people don't use your name, I hate that. Don't yes. use hi handle. or <laughs> greetings yeah, yes. or anything like that. Like, if you can't take the time to even include my name, it lets me know that you did not put any level of customization or personalization in this. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know you, I'm probably not responding. Yeah, I want to I wanna, I wanna do what you've been doing. I want to pull out two things that you said. <laughs> okay, here we go. But uh, what you just described, is that how can you help me versus how can I help you? It's not personal. It doesn't feel good. You don't know me. You haven't interacted with me. You just want me to help you. And it's very, I mean, social media, I think with the way that you described it, makes it very plain for you to see that because you didn't even put my name in this message. So, but if they would have said, hi, Asia, I really enjoy your work I've been following Butter me you. up a little bit this. you know what I'm saying <laughs> and then it's like okay who is this let me see what they got to say and it just makes you feel more receptive to the question that they're going to ask at the end and potentially want to help them more than how can you help me <laughs> absolutely oh so, 
Yeah, that, take the time to invest something in that person that you're looking to extract yes, from. Yes. And then the second thing, um, I want to give a reference to the movie Hitched with Will Smith. And there's a scene where he's in a bar and there's this woman who is in the middle of a circle of men. And he goes over. She doesn't work at the restaurant, at the bar. But he goes over, puts some money in her hand and orders a drink from her. And she follows him across the room, yelling at him, I don't work here, I don't work here. She finally catches up and is like, dude, I don't work here. What are you doing? And he's like, how else is I going to get you away from all those men so I can talk to you? And that's how I feel about social media because there are millions upon millions of people on social media. And when you're looking to connect with people who are very popular, there are hundreds of messages in their DM. So how are you going to get them away from that circle of people that are yelling at them? What are you going to do differently? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that, that was so good. I'm just so glad that you just took the time to even <laughs> reference that movie. I want to drop uh, just some tips here about how I use social media to network at events. So Ooh, yes. you know how, you know, you'll see the roster, you'll see the speakers. I think advanced preparation is super important yes. um, to go and actually Look at the social profiles of the speakers, read their bios so that when it comes to question time, you can ask very good direct questions that make you stand out. But also, if you get the opportunity to, you know, walk up to them after the event or something is going on that you will actually have some substance for a conversation, um, it actually... For me, I was speaking at an event that a CEO of um, a super large not-for-profit in the nation, um, the Chicago base, was um, speaking at, and I ended up seeing her in past, and I was just like, oh my goodness, like, you were so bomb and dynamic, which she was. Like, mm -hmm. the way she really approached her comments on the panel was was really good, and um, I just took the time to stop her and say that, and she gave me her card. She followed up with me, super busy calendar. I don't think I got a meeting with her until, like, two months later, but I came, I showed up, I was there, and, like, she just poured gems, you know, yes. on me, and, like, all of that from catching that moment of opportunity and I say moment intentionally because you got to move quick with yes. certain things like this I mean people are moving in and out like if you want that connect you gotta you gotta go and and take that and so you know making sure you're prepared in advance but even from the point of wanting to network with other people that are attending following event hashtags yep. um you know, commenting under people's posts, you know, if there's somebody that you see responding like, hey, let, let, let's meet in this corner or this, you know, point or this front or whenever there's lunch and, you know, really following up with people from that regard. So make sure yes. that you're, I wanna, yeah, go ahead. I want to say even um, there's certain uh, networking events actually where they'll release the attendance list of who's going to be there at the event just as the attendees. And that same intentionality, if you put it into that, it's, it's, a, it's effective as well. I actually, you just reminded me that I went to an event and I was looking at working with a company. I'm still in process of <laughs> trying to work with this company. Mm -hmm. um, and two people from the company were going to be there. And so 
I didn't know what they looked like. I couldn't remember, but I was like, okay, I'm looking at the list. And in me just preparing for that event, I was like, them, Lord, I need to be around them. Mm-hmm. And so I got to the event. I was meeting people and talking to people. Oh, where do you work? And none of them worked where I was looking. And I was like, okay, but I still connected with those people. And it was a brunch. It was a networking brunch. So I sat down at the table. The woman who sat across from me was the woman I was looking for. Are you serious? I promise you. Like, kid you not. She worked at the company and I told her I was in application, like in the interview process. And she gave me all this information. She gave me her information to say, keep in touch. It's a five round process. Um, I'm in round four, so (laughs) I'm still in this process. But uh, every step of the way, we have connected just to say like, hey, this is where I'm at. And she's like, okay, this is what to expect. And that was just for me looking at the list of people who are going to attend, which also the second half of that point of intentionality is don't go to places where it doesn't make sense. Mm Because if I would have looked at the list and it was just a list of engineers, that's going to be fun, but it's not the best place for me to spend my time mm-hmm. because it ha- like I do nothing in engineering. I know no one in engineering. <laughs> so I'm not going to go to an engineering networking event. And I think that's important too because people will like say, I need to network, I need to meet new people and just go everywhere. And if you're just intentional about the places you go, you can also create those quality connections because they're the people who actually you would want in your network. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Don't waste your time. Be honest. It's not networking for networking's sake. It's, yeah. you know, what are my goals, as you mentioned, you know, and am I in a relevant room, you know, to be able to maximize on these connections? So I want to talk about the whirlwind of the past two, three years that you've had basically meeting every celebrity <laughs> under the sun and interviewing them and just totally um graduating to level after level after level in your professional career and what Mm -hmm. you're doing so you know you went to college you know you you moved to LA because I remember you know even after high school I came down to LA and you hosted me you know (laughs) you did some things down there you found your way back to Chicago and you mentioned you got an opportunity um you know that you didn't feel qualified for um but it really was the opportunity to unlock some doors for you. Mm-hmm. So um, what was it like just to have to have, I guess I would say, on the ground training um, in that capacity? And just tell us about some of your um, relationship building throughout that process to help grow your pro- portfolio and connections and resume. Yeah. So I really thrive in situations where, there is no foundation. <laughs> I am a foundation layer. It is my jam. I get so excited. Like, oh, we have nothing. Let me build something. And I, especially if it's getting something organized, like I love it. So I really thrive in that way. And my boss at this time really uh, gave me the freedom to make the position my own. So not only was there nothing to start with in terms of in terms of like how to do because. They wanted me to do it my way. I was entrepreneurship. Yeah, I was fully given that opportunity. So the entrepreneurship came in, the connections came in. Um, again, it was a it was a health publication. So how do we make health cool? How do we make it sexy? Um, there was work with celebrities already being done, but it was over the phone interviews, and 
I don't like that. So <laughs> one thing about me is I'm, I'm lazy when it comes to certain things and me interviewing you over the phone and then transcribing it and then writing an article, honey, no, we're not doing that. So how can I get these people in person? One, because I'm lazy and two, because the most important thing that's going to translate better for the people who are interacting with it. Yeah. The readers. It, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they want to see the celebrity. They want to see what they look like. They want to see how they're talking. They want to see if they're genuine. Like, there's just so much interest in the visual aspect of it. So I'm glad, <laughs> thinking about this, I'm glad you asked this. So the way that it started was I reached out to Lynn. <laughs> wow, okay. I reached out to Lynn, and I let her know that I was working at a publication, and, um, you know, she had any clients that wanted to be interviewed let me know love it because we we had um the ability to do it my boss told me he wanted me to travel at least every other month to go do interviews in other cities so i had a lot of um i had a I'm lot travel of travel on the company dime man. yes i'm like i had a lot of runway to to make things happen and my experience in working with lynn actually a lot of this goes back to lynn my experience in working with lynn in the pr space showed me how to reach out to publicists and managers to lock in meetings with celebrities. I knew I had celebrity etiquette, nice. which was important for this role because there's a way that you have to do things. There's a certain comfort level that publicists have to have, managers have to have to let you get in front of their client. Mm -hmm. And I had that etiquette. I, I had that know-how. The first, the very first interview that I locked in celebrity interview was Jennifer Lewis and Jennifer Lewis Auntie. <laughs> Auntie. crazy Jennifer Lewis and she invited us into her home so whoa yes <laughs> and so this is like my first live interview um with with the company I'm at her house she's crazy and I was just like, I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, it was just too much. It's cameras and lights and Jennifer Lewis. And I, I had my questions ready. I had my interview ready. I was, I was prepared, but I never quite got my opening right. Like even when I was preparing, I'm like, I don't know how I want to start this. And I went to talk and I fumbled over it. And luckily a plane went over. So we had to stop anyway. And while the plane was going over, Jennifer Lewis looked at me and she was like, listen, <laughs> and she was like, don't be getting scared and getting, you know, she's like, you came here to do something amazing and you need to get it done. So when this plane is gone, I want you to land your interview. And she gave me some tips and she, and she cursed and she did some things and <laughs> in, in, in only the way that Jennifer Lewis could. Right. And she was like, so the plane went over and she's like, okay, you ready? And I was like, yeah. And then we killed the interview. And Love it. so I don't even know <laughs> where we're going with that. But uh, so from there, um, I gained even more confidence in my ability to do the job of the interview, the interview portion of it. And then also for securing more talent. And the thing about, uh, celebrity, and also I think anyone's portfolio when it comes to brand building, the bigger the names you have, the bigger the names you get. 
So, okay, ma'am, yes. So I'm going to go through your highlights. So I'm going to brag on you. So you ain't got to <laughs> brag on yourself. Shaq, Queen yeah. Latifah, Charlemagne the God, George <laughs> Sparks, Todd Delaney, the Beverly Johnson, Shantae Moore, and then Mama Tina. Okay. Yes. Let me do Mama Tina. Can you tell us your story about Mama Tina? Yeah. Okay. So this this story is the epitome, the personification, not even the epitome, the personification of six degrees of separation. And it's not even my story fully. It's like I'm a part of it. So I have a friend who found a suitcase so random she finds a suitcase she goes in the suitcase whose suitcase is it but tina knowles what are the odds <laughs> she found I'm tina knowles yes i'm talking clothes like full suitcase that was left and it was tina knowles so she calls me and she's like hey brie i found a suitcase it's tina knowles i've been trying to get in contact with everybody I know and nobody can get in contact with her and she's like I just want to give her her bag back and I'm like okay I don't know Tina Knowles <laughs> so let me <laughs> this is before I interviewed Tina so this is like before I've even met her officially um I met her unofficially once before this but I didn't know her so I'm like um let me think about this because this is I don't know so we got off the phone and I think a day went by because I really had to think about it and then I was like, ah, this goes back to that social media thing. Tina Knowles has millions of people in her DMs on a daily basis. I was like, the odds of us getting to Tina are really slim to none. But the odds of us getting to Richard Lawson are higher. So I was like, okay, Good. stop thinking about Tina, start thinking about Richard. And then I thought about one of my mentors, um, his name is Oba Babatunde and I met him in LA and he is someone that I'm constantly in contact with as well. Um, he is best friends with Richard Lawson. So I contacted Oba and he contacted Richard who then contacted Bianca and got the bag back to Tina. And so, <laughs> yes. And it, it, ha it had to happen in concert like that. But when we think of networking, we think of that six degrees of separation and I, I really, really stress that because you have access to anything and everything, anyone and everyone in the world. If you tap your network and also think creatively, because again, yeah, that, was strategy, that was strategy. Yeah. Yeah. But also I just want to quick flex. <laughs> six degrees of separate quick flex, six degrees of separation. If I was able to get to Tina in three steps, I just want you guys to know that I'm only four steps away from Beyonce. And that's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I have to say. Let it be known. Yes. But it's, I mean, that story was like, it was so crazy. But, and then to have it come full circle last year when I finally was able to interview Tina and meet her. And I'm like, oh, I'm Bianca's friend. So she was able to like put that circle together. It was really cool. So yeah. I love that. Okay. So like, you definitely been bringing the fire. So thank you for just being so willing to um, just share, like share your story, share just these practical tips. I want you to just give one more round of tips for somebody that needs to level up their network right now. And 
Um, you know, I know that this era of COVID-19 is really challenging on a lot of people. And, you know, I feel like relationships are the way to sustain and still grow and, you know, create opportunities during this time. I believe it starts with people. So somebody is like, I need to start over. I need yeah. to pivot. I need to, you know, just level up where I am. How are they going about doing that? Okay, so I want to start from the end first and go with the maintenance part. This is the perfect time to reach out to people who you have not talked to in any amount of time because we are all going through the same thing. So that touch point that is basically cold calling at this point, but that touch point for someone you haven't talked to is, hey, how have you been doing with quarantining? How have you been doing mentally with everything that's going on? What are you up to? And just getting that conversation started because this is even playing field for everybody. We're all experienced and no one is exempt. So I think also because people are quarantining in different ways, some by themselves, some, you know, in crazy households, to be thought of just hits different mm -hmm. right now. And um, so I would encourage people who have networks to do maintenance on to go through any and everybody that you can, as many people as possible, maybe set a number each day of people that you contact and just, you know, reach out however you usually do, whether it's email or text and just give them a quick check in and just see how things are going and restart those fires. Um, for people who are looking to build networks, I think now is a great time to get involved in those digital conferences, those digital networking events, and just really see how that's going. Because again, new normal. It's really, it's a lot less tension to go to a digital networking event or a digital networking opportunity than it is to do it in person. Mm -hmm. And now you have an excuse to do it because we're all doing things digitally, virtually. So I really 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 um want to push people to step outside of their comfort zone and just get in front of people even if it's just for this virtual moment um also taking time to do the research on people that you would want to connect with and find ways to connect yes. with them online i think now is just a good time i mean because we're in a, a time where we're at a slower pace Mm -hmm. It's really a great time to play catch up three, like all the way around. So my summary tips for networking would be going back from the beginning. You want to make sure you have quality connections versus quantity connections. You, you don't need to have a million people in your network. You need to have the right people in your network. Um, make sure you're networking down as well as up. So meeting people who can uh, teach you things and bring you into spaces and places that you haven't been before but also taking time to teach other people how to do that through mentoring and um, creating those lifelong loyal um, relationships. Mm -hmm. um, some tips that we didn't, we didn't talk about, but I think are important. Be optimistic when you're networking, be present when you're networking. It's very important that when you're talking oh, yeah, to people, you good. are, yeah. Not having shifty eyes. <laughs> yeah, that you're in front of them. You're not looking at your phone. You don't exactly, the shifty eyes that you are present and that you are really a part of that conversation and be prepared um, for the conversation and for the person that you're meeting, but also be prepared for the no. 
because you will not always get a yes from someone and that's okay. Be prepared. Know it might come. Rebound and keep it moving. Ooh, and I have to just peg right here because you said that many, many years ago. And that has been a quote that has stuck with me for years. No yeah. doesn't move you, you know, backwards or forwards. You just stay the same. And it just really provides a, a good perspective on it that just go for it because yeah. it's not hurting you, you know, to get a no. But what if? you got the yes. So I love that. That has stuck with me for years. Yes. I love that quote too. And I love that you bring it up every now and then. And like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, and then use social media for your initial connections, but take it offline when you can. So you can still have that, the old school touch for your having a call or having a coffee. And then for the maintenance, make sure you're having regular touch bases or, um, and finding creative touch points, making sure you're genuine. I think the real, the real summary of this all is to be real with the people, be genuine. Yeah. Um, don't get involved with things that you're not genuinely interested in. Don't get involved with people that you're not genuinely interested in. And really work to create genuine relationships. I love it. Ooh, Brie. <laughs> I love everything about this. So as a networking coach, how do you support people? So, I mean, you dropped so much free game right here on Purpose Potential. We are grateful. Um, but somebody needs some more support. Um, how are they getting more support from you? Are you, do you have like, you know, programs or classes or just one-on-one -on -one support? Yes. So I currently am offering the one-on-one -on -one support. I'm in the process of dropping some eBooks and courses on you guys very, very soon. Yes. They are still in production. So you will have access to all of that. Um, I have the blog on my website. Hey, it's free.com. So people can always use that as well. Free with a Y. Free with a Y. Yes. B-R-Y. <laughs> so yeah, we got, we have, I have a lot of things coming in the pipeline. So I'm excited. Okay, so game changers, if y'all need some support with your networking game, don't let this prime opportunity slip past you. Make sure that you reach out to Bree to get that support and let's level up our networks. Um, one thing about just relationships in general that I have noticed is that relationships are what really give you access. Um, relationships make the world go round. And as I continue to just elevate in business and elevate my circle, I'm seeing even the more how real business and real money is exchanged through relationship. And so, you know, the higher you want to climb, it's not one of those things where you could just be flighty with people or, you know, just think that you can get by on shallow connections. If you want people to keep you in mind and bring you into the rotation of how things are really working. You have to be willing to serve um, and also be clear, you know, about who you are and be willing, like Brianna said, to build real relationships. I think I said your full name for the first time in this whole interview. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Brie is for um, Brianna. So where do we connect with you on social media? I know your website is heyitsbrie.com. Where do we find you on social? I am on Instagram at Brie Delicia. That's B-R-Y-D-E-L-I-C-I-A. Uh, LinkedIn and Facebook, my real name, <laughs> Brianna Holcomb. <laughs> so, which is spelled the same with a Y, Brianna with a Y, one N. 
And that'll also be in the show notes for you guys. So Bree, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you, Asia. For coming on the podcast. It means everything. I really do feel like I'm led in the topics and the people. And I just feel like this was so on time. And I just think that this is going to be a whole blessing. So thank you again. Thank you. And so Game Changers, I also have some other really, really cool things coming down the pipeline. This upcoming October, I am so, so excited to join another bomb roster of speakers at the Refresh Retreat, um, powered by the Secret Sauce to Success, which is the company that Monique Rodriguez founded. And many of you guys may know her as the CEO of Mayel Organics. And this retreat, oh my goodness, you guys, this venue is incredible. I am so excited just for this time of just refreshing to recharge. October 2nd through 5th in Cancun, Mexico, when outside is going to be open again (laughs) we're going to Mexico and I mean you got Nicole Linnell and Ty McNeely Ronnie Brown Heather Lindsay um Lady Andrea Hudson and Karen Civil Mieka Joy and your girl Asia Corinne on this roster among some others. And so this is a luxury experience for future focused women to connect with one another and to be empowered to build the life that they dream of. So there are limited spots available for this, but if you want to get your spot and meet us in Mexico, the secret sauce retreat.com again, the secret sauce retreat.com. So game changers, I really hope that you enjoyed these two very healthy interviews with my friends, my colleagues, um, professionals that I respect to the utmost. Today we had Ms. Bree Delicia. And so be sure to share this out. Hit us up on social. Let us know what you thought of these interviews, but also let us know of your success after applying these relationship building strategies to grow your brand and business and to advance in your professional career. I'll catch you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by The Content House a full-service media and project management agency, a.k.a. the group that has me feeling real official for Purpose Potential Podcast. The Content House offers a plethora of services for entrepreneurs, small business owners, and creatives to level up in their content and media game. Whether you're talking about photography, videography, audio, or video podcast recording, logo design, website design, they offer the works in a state-of-the-art facility in South Holland, Illinois. I encourage you guys to check them out over at thecontenthousechicago.com. I want to hear from you. Take a screenshot of this podcast to let me know that you're listening. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asia Corinne. You can also download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube. Use the hashtag Purpose Potential Podcast. Also, if you have questions or comments, email me at hello at purposepotentialpodcast.com. Allow me to reintroduce myself just one more time. My name is Asia Corinne McGee, and I'm on assignment to help God's kingdom ambassadors to maximize their impact. I'll see you next week on Purpose Potential Podcast.